Alrighty, let's kick this shit off. Hello and welcome back to Premier League on Tap, your EPL Draft Fantasy Podcast. My name is Nate, with me today is Zach and Peter. Zach, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Nate. It's good to be back. Um, it's good to have Peter back, finally. Um, so I'll actually let him start with any of his uh, you know, tribulations in this past week of, of the fantasy world. Well, the main, the main heartbreak is... Which is kind of weekly now, Nate, as you know, Tottenham once again just is in shambles and Conte's back in Italy avoiding us as he as he should be. It's it's ugly. However, I went uh, you know, one two of my three matches this week, so I'll uh, I'll take that every week and you know, I'm looking forward to there's a lot of players who are obviously beyond the obvious ones, you know. Mudrick, things like that. A lot of players who may be real fantasy assets that you know people are grabbing and and and, and then dropping again. We'll get to them, but I'm excited to see which of those those new kind of fringe fringe assets are going to pan out here uh, as we finish up the year. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely talk some Chelsea assets today. Zach, how'd you do in your leagues so far? Well, I guess last week. Uh, yeah, I mean. I did okay. Um, won my cup matchup for the rigged cup, uh, but fell to uh, a ninth place fella in the uh, you know standard league, and uh, went nuclear in a fourteen team league actually. So uh, looking to keep that one rolling. I don't know how that team does so much better on a regular basis than my twelve team league, but um, you know on we mush. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I actually did pretty well myself in the Genie League. Um, won my cup match, won my league match. Uh, currently sitting second overall in uh, the entire Genie League. Uh, and if any listener out there knows who P. Kitska is, uh, hopefully I'm saying that right, he's in the L2 division. Uh DM me on Twitter. I really want to know who this guy is because he's in first place and he just will not lose. So uh, I really want to dethrone him and see if I can uh, take over that top spot. But let's uh, let's kick this one off with uh, something new, something fun. Um, we're going to play a little game of where we were right and where we were wrong. So we're going to go through our starts of the week from last week and see what we got right and the players that just didn't pan out. Uh, Zach, you want us to kick us off here? Yeah. Um, so it's obviously good to to do this and look back, which I don't know if a lot of people in this space do too often. Um, but, uh, you know, as to what I was looking at for starts of the week, I, I had down, um, firstly, Lamptey as a defender who didn't even start. It's tough to analyze that one, but, you know, pick guys who are going to start. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Nunez uh, on Wolves, I I mentioned him as my midfielder of the week, and as a bit of a disclaimer, the midfielder options last week, we kind of prefaced, were pretty brutal. Um, I didn't really have anyone I loved, and even in hindsight, Mm -hmm. I don't look back and wish I picked somebody else because I wouldn't have had a process for it. So we're all about the process here. 
Um, he was more active going forward, scored okay, could be a good floor play, but he's nothing more than any of the other um, standard, you know, CDMs or maybe CMs in the league for mm-hmm. fantasy scoring. Uh, so I'm going to try and, you know, push away from anyone like that and uh, maybe target some more upside off the uh, the waiver wire like you um, have yourself with your midfielder. And <laughs> one thing I got right, actually, was Gakpo. And I'm glad that I kind of trusted the process and also the eye test because I know he hasn't scored magically, but he's been active in every game. He looks like he's going to play a full 90, which is usually one of my requirements. He was at home, uh, obviously in a derby game, so you never know how those are going to go. But he looked like the best player on the field, and uh, I think the buy window on him might be closed. Uh, But I'll let you guys answer that one. It could be after the performance last week. But then again, it was Everton, so eh, jury's still out on that one. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Personally, uh, I could have gone two for three if not for that pesky crossbar. Uh, but I, what I got right was Hamid Traore, and I think you jumped on it after our uh, uh, after we recorded the podcast. You picked him up, which was smart. Um, ten and a half points and a second solid outing for the new Bournemouth midfielder. Uh, definitely pick him up. He seems to ghost well. Is playing pretty well right now. Bournemouth look a improved side but it still remains to be seen how this team's going to play down the road uh where i went wrong uh i thought everton was going to put up a little bit more of a fight in that matchup but tarkovsky was inches away from a goal uh like i said that damn crossbar uh hit a header from a set piece go off the bar so Scoring could have been a little bit different there. And then uh, Willie Nanto up front, six and a half points. Not terrible if you used him as like a forward three, but uh, I mean, the forward landscape isn't great. But Manchester United were just ready for leads this time around, playing them twice in the matter of like a week. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Peter, unfortunately, you weren't able to join us last week. You didn't have any starts of the week. So. You're on the sidelines for this one. but Yeah, that's all right. We'll move on. <laughs> we will let you kick off the Saturday game. Uh, but before we get started, I want to say thank you to everybody that has taken the survey that we posted online. Um, we have read the results. Uh, we appreciate the information. We are going to do our best to morph this into something that everybody enjoys, something that we like to enjoy producing. Um, but we are busy people. We do only have a limited amount of time during the week to get stuff done. So we are thinking about adding new, uh, new mediums to produce content on maybe a newsletter, some blog articles, some written content for you guys. Uh, but the podcast, we really want to keep it around the hour mark, maybe an hour 15 at most an hour and a half. It's just, it's difficult for us to get here sit down for three or four hours and really talk and get through in depth each and every game week so we're going to try and hit the things that we think need to be brought up for each game week Um, but there are going to be some matchups that just really we don't see as fantasy relevant so we'll touch on it but we may not give it 
10 minutes. We might give it two or three. So uh, bear with us as we grow through this stuff. Uh, as always, your input is greatly appreciated. So if you do have anything you need to get off your chest, DM any one of us. DM us on at PL underscore on tap. So with that being said, let's kick off the Saturday games. We've got Aston Villa hosting Arsenal. Arsenal favored by 0.75 goals with an over-under of two and a half. Uh, Peter, let's start with, is it possible to move off Martinelli at this point? Who do you think you could get for him in return? I know we're starting with the away team, but Martinelli's scores after the World Cup break were pretty good, but they've tailed off. He hasn't hit double digits in like six game weeks. Yeah, he's one that when the season started after you know five five game weeks you're like is this real or is this or is this surely it can't be sustainable then after 10 game weeks it is sustainable and then after you know 13 14 15 weeks he's he's still going but now the 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 lull has hit and it's you know it's 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 tough because you know he's absolutely you know he's still a premium asset but now that they have signed trossard and they're 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 backing up their their first eleven that really hasn't had any injury issues. I mean, it, they actually had a pretty good window, I thought. But I, you know, I own him in one of my leagues, and while it's frustrating at the moment, I am not looking to trade him out simply because I, you know, I think he is that that premium talent. But if you, I mean, if you really wanted to try to trade him out. I mean, I don't know. It's I would want some. I would want somebody like maybe you could try to go get Tony or maybe even Jal Felix since, but he looks awesome, for lack of better word. But <laughs> if, for me, I think I think it's a tough trade, especially to get the value that he's going to be worth long term, even though there's you know less than half of the season left. But I'm 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 holding him. I think I think he will prevail, and uh, I think you'll be happy if you hold on to him in a few weeks. Yep. Uh, Zach, do you think that Arsenal are beginning to falter a little bit? Do you think we could see a little bit more rotation in a side that really hasn't seen any? Um, I think if they were to pick somebody to get injured for a long period of time, it was probably Gabriel Jesus because they had the backup for that position. Um, But with Partey being out injured for the City game, we kind of saw what happened there. I mean, do you think they're slipping a little bit, or do you think they can reclaim that top spot? Oh, man, I, I don't think so. I think, um, like I mentioned to you earlier, I think uh, City really didn't have a great foot in this game until Tomiyasu kind of let him back in with that horrific back pass or mm. just getting picked off. Um, so I, I think they're fine. I wouldn't, I wouldn't overreact. Uh, obviously, you don't like to see what Martinelli's doing. Interesting stat is actually signed a contract on February third, I believe, and since then he's got like fifteen points, um, <laughs> <laughs> three games too. But uh, I, yeah, I think they're fine. And Gabriel Jesus only two three weeks out, so um, you know maybe that's longer. We don't really know that, but you know I think the arrow is still up for Arsenal. I don't think if I were to you know, drop the odds myself today that I'd give them much less than a 50% chance of winning the whole league. Um, I just think they've had some maybe tougher matchups and they're not going to play city every week. 
So let's see mm-hmm. how they do against uh, Villa away. It'll hold a little bit more weight for me because, you know, we don't really want to play anyone against City or Arsenal. So True. Um, speaking of which, Peter, do you think that Ali Watkins is like a must-start week in and week out now? He's really started to gather some form, and he is like a forward one at this point he's always been categorized as forward one but he just hasn't had the performances there but is he matchup proof at the moment well he's always been the guy for me that i absolutely play him based on his matchup and it a lot of times it 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 pans out but he uh i mean at the moment since he's on such a heater i'd i'd start him until he cools off even against arsenal they uh you know the Obviously, Arsenal are very good this year, but now that City has beat them in a game that they were probably the better team, you know, you know the 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 doubt could creep in, and you know, I think we'll see Ben White return after the after Tomiyasu. But it's uh, with Thomas with uh, Thomas Partey could be out again, and he's a big miss, and they tried to plug in Jorginho and. You know, obviously he doesn't have, doesn't have the same work rate as Thomas Partey, but I mean I'm I like Watkins until I don't like Watkins right now. I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, now for either team here, is there any players that you guys are looking at as far as picking up a streamer for this match, or are you avoiding anybody altogether, uh, Peter? Well, I I. I I had to think about Fabio Vieira simply because at some point you think is 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 Odegaard going to play all thirty eight games, mm-hmm. but now I, I think so I've got him as obviously he's a stream if he starts and it's kind of a shot in the dark but you know Odegaard is what twenty four he's one of if not their most important player maybe Saka is but so and Fabio Vieira is always one of those guys if if he's starting grab him but you know there I'm not sure if they're going to break that that two holding midfielder pivot, even if the other one is Jorginho, but Vieira is really the only one on the Arsenal side, at least the other Villa assets. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of moot on only Watkins for me. Yeah. Um, Zach, anybody want to add to this? No, but uh, as a whole, the Arsenal defense has 42% clean sheet odds. I only uh, decide to include uh, players or teams that have, over 40% clean sheet odds. So for me, I would look at some of their uh, wingbacks if they got a stream as viable streamers this week, especially given that they're in the first game. Speaking of teams that have over 40% clean sheet odds, uh, Wolves host Bournemouth this weekend, and Wolves are favored by 0.75 goals with an over-under sitting at 2.25. Wolves... uh, have a 47% clean sheet odd. So Zach, kind of run through Wolves real quick. Is there anybody that you're looking at? Maybe uh, Pedro Neto returning to the team? Yeah, this, this game's weird because it's got a low over under, but I feel like people might be dipping into this one for some streamers um, just due to the fact that none of them are really guys you want to own long term. Uh, but yeah, with 47% clean sheet odds, uh, you've got to like guys like I Nori, you've got to like guys like, well, Tomatoes out. So I think it'll be Johnny maybe. Um, but Pedro Neto is a guy I'm laser focused on right now. 
um, Hope Springs Eternal, and uh, he got a goal the other day in the U21s game and looked like he had a little juice. I know it uh, can kind of look like they're playing against seven-year-olds sometimes when you watch videos of that stuff, but <laughs> I am going to selectively choose to believe that he is healthy, and I hope that he plays at least 60, 70 minutes. So for that reason, I would have him as more of a forward three. Um, if he were, If I knew today, at this point in time, that he was starting all 90, he'd be a forward two for me. Gotcha. Uh, Peter, anybody else on this Wolves side that you're looking to pick up or any talking points here? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'd add is <laughs> I, Craig Dawson is so funny. He seems to have like a like a new team bounce, like a like a team has a has a new coach bounce because mm-hmm. he he always performs incredibly on his first few performances. He did it for West Ham and he's he looks like he's kind of the the boss and in, the, in their defense now so i and as we we all know the defensive uh options well i they've gotten a bit better after the january window there's still not a lot of great consistent options and i doubt dawson will be on your team in four or five weeks but i'm i'm playing him here against bournemouth and i'm gonna i'm gonna stream and hold until uh you know, until I'm uncomfortable with him again. But I like I like Craig Dawson this weekend. Nice. It's a good shout. I like that. Uh, Bournemouth is becoming a little bit tricky to kind of understand. Uh, they have guys that ghost well, but the team doesn't score that much. Uh, Zach, I know we both talked about Hamid Traore last week. We both picked him up after the pod, and he worked out well. So are you sticking with it? And is there anybody else that you're looking to add from this Bournemouth side? Yeah, I think if you're not going to start some of these Bournemouth guys, um, like a certain Hamid Traore, who I would classify as a priority pickup for your waivers tomorrow, if any of you dedicated fans listen before then, um, you know, they play Wolves this week, but then they play City, Arsenal, Liverpool. Oof. So... I'll, I'll be honest, I actually dropped him last week to pick up Semedo <laughs> ahead of the DGW, um, and I may have even dropped him since I, I churn through guys like, um, I don't know, something that churns butter, maybe. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> So wait, hold on, I want to ask, I, so I, I haven't watched Bournemouth in many, many game weeks, and I know Utara and Traore are, you know, you know, they have a little sparkle to them right now in terms of fantasy. Have you guys actually watched Bournemouth and seen either of these two guys and know what they're good at? Because I I don't. I did watch a little bit of the game against Newcastle. Um, I actually saw their opening goal, which came from a set piece. Uh, it was kind of scuffed, really. I mean, Traore took the corner, um, and it's a good ball in. He actually has... A oh, pretty good deli- delivery, um, but the header kind of skewed off and fell straight to a defender, I believe, for a tap-in. Um, so it's typical Bournemouth. I mean, they don't look graceful, <laughs> um, but <laughs> they seem to get a job done uh, at times. But I think 
the players that really do stand out is Otara, um, Traore, and even Jaden Anthony looks pretty good. But I don't know. Did I can't remember if Tavernier played at all or not. I think he got a little bit of a run out. I think he got a substitute appearance. So yeah. he's also yeah. a priority pickup if he's out there still because um, according to my, my handy-dandy uh, team scoring points per 90 sheet. He is Bournemouth's highest points per 90 midfielder. Yeah. He played 26 yeah. minutes last week, so he's probably rearing to go to yeah. to get back in the starting 11. Yeah. yeah. He's around 10 for reference. That's not bad. I would take yeah. that pretty much week in and week out yeah. from someone who you would think is like your mid four. He also and- scored 35 in one week. That'll... Yeah. Okay. It up, but the highs and lows, man. Yeah, that'll help. I'm gonna have them. All right, let's move on here. Uh, we've got Nottingham Forest hosting Man City. Well, hoping for something against Man City as well, I guess. Uh, City favored by a goal and a half with an over/under of three. One thing I do want to say on this matchup before we dive into it is, I honestly would take the under on three, um, just because I know Nottingham Forest do defend better at home. And Man City can be stifled against a team that will just sit and defend with all 11 players inside their own 30 yards. Um, But before we jump into the matchup itself, uh, a question here is proposed. Zach, I'm going to let you take this one. Is Bernardo Silva droppable with his new inverted position and lack of Fantrax production? Um, It depends if you can get get him traded out for anything um Mm -hmm. i will say that at least he's logging full 90s past two games and when he does play he tends to play quite a few minutes what i can't quite derive is necessarily why he is scoring as if he were one of the center backs because i get he's not playing as that you know free range 10 winger combo last season but i don't i i feel like there might be some regression inbound but i would also understand if someone thought they needed to drop him so it, it it's 50 50 for me he'd be like kind of a guy uh you know pending pending being dropped i guess a good comparison would be like bernardo silva or hamitraori um, let me let me ask this because it's a it's a situation I'm currently faced with. Would you drop Bernardo Silva to pick up Raheem Sterling? Oof. Yes. Yes. I and would I'm think thinking so. The same, I mean, I'm thinking the same thing. Oh man. Yeah. I so I traded Anthony out for Bernardo Silva. Loved loved it when I got it. You know, ten weeks ago. But now I'm, you know. I'm I'm pretty much fed up. I'm I'm thinking I'm going to send him away for Raheem. Oh, yeah. apparently Raheem Sterling had a setback for oh, well, whatever that's worth to you. But say he didn't have that setback. Right. The answer <laughs> is yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just may. think because the forward landscape is so bad, and you have a midfielder playing as a defender. So even if they do get a clean sheet, I don't think he gets the full six points. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's six points. So I think he still gets like what one? 
but said he don't really keep clean sheets, so no, that's true. we but can't. He has no attacking output from right. the middle of the field. Like yeah. the reason we hate the defenders are because they are not keeping clean sheets and exactly. they also don't score very well. Whereas, like if those defenders goals against didn't count, I think we'd like them a little bit more actually. But in Bernardo Silva's case, he's scoring as if he's getting goals against because he's just doing so <laughs> damn bad. Yeah. So, man, I'm I'm souring on him as we speak. Yeah. Um, um, but I do not I may, have him. So I may move him out before we're done here tonight. <laughs> City do have a 51% clean sheet odds. Is this a matchup that you're willing to pick up one of those City defenders that's probably been dropped because they've been performing so terribly? Or, actually, you know what? People probably hold on to them just because they have Man City next to their name. Dude, I, I mean, feel like this city must have some of the highest clean sheet odds every week. It's like, I don't know if you know much mythology, but it's like the siren songs where the sailors had to literally tie themselves down to the mast of the ship with rope so that they wouldn't mm-hmm. jump into the water. I feel like that's <laughs> what we got to do with people and city defenders. It's yeah, like this. this looks juicy, but I'm not going for it. Yeah, I mean, you have uh, Ake at four points per game, Kanji at 3.7, Kyle Walker at 2.7, Rico Lewis at 2.5. It's What are you doing? You can find better defenders with a better plus matchup. I just don't get rid of all of them. They're not good. Um, with that being said, Peter... Are you looking at anybody on this Forest team to go up against Man City? Do you think that someone with the likes of Brennan Johnson's a decent start, knowing that Man City do give up the odd goal here or there? Well, I mean, as you know, I I am I I lack a lot of Forest knowledge because <clears throat> I refuse to even start to analyze thirty players. But you know, <laughs> I, I, even even Morgan, I mean. Because of form, I think you can play Morgan Gibbs. No, even still. I still think I would, if it were me, it's just the way I am, I would find a different uh, a different uh, option for my starting 11, even if I'm rostering like Morgan Gibbs White right now. I know he's hot, but I just, I don't like Forrest, and I, a, there's something in my brain that it, it's hard for me to start against City, even though we know that they're conceding about every, you know, 80, 90 minutes once a game, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm out on Forest. I just, I just despise what they placed in front of me during the se- uh, prior to the season with all their signings, and then they did it mm-hmm. again in January. It's just yeah. too much. I, I'm, nope, not for me. Zach, how about you? No. <laughs> Perfect. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, anything either of you guys want to add about City here? Not for me. Holland's good. Yeah, don't get tri- <laughs> don't get tricked by like like Rico Lewis starting. Fair enough. All right, uh, moving on to a matchup that uh, honestly we could see some streamers from uh, Everton host Leeds. This is a relegation dogfight. Everton favored by .25 goals, which is kind of interesting, and an over under sitting at two and a half. Um, Zach. Who from this Everton side are you targeting uh, 
let's say who would you target if Dominic Calvert-Lewin was in and who would you target if he's out? Well, he's basically, he's pretty much already been deemed out. So let's go with that one. Oh man. This feels like I got a gun to my head right now, man. <laughs> um, McNeil and Iwobi are the only two assets I feel comfortable rolling out. Um, even in this semi-positive, yeah, it's pretty positive matchup against Leeds. Um, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't start. Um, Simsy, as Dice calls him, wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't touch him. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned Dwight McNeil, and that that brought up another question: Would you drop Bernardo Silva for Dwight McNeil? One hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. You guys are giving me advice as we sit here. I've just turned to my <laughs> predicament now is Bernardo Silva, and I'm I'm just hoping you guys can help me solve it. <laughs> yep. That's how that's how it goes okay. here. Oh, yeah, and Tarkowski, I, think... I, I would start too. I f- forgot to mention the. Oh yeah. The legend himself. Yeah. Yeah. Would you rather start one of the leads center forward or center center forwards center central defenders over? Uh, Connor Cody. Oh yeah, give me the field on Connor Cody. I don't want that fella in my lineup. He, he... That's fair. Wait, this <laughs> this would you rather is a lead center back or an Everton center back? Oh, well, any lead center back versus Connor <laughs> Cody. Yeah, that's an ugly one. Yeah, I, I, I mean it's. He scores so terribly, even when Everton do well. Yeah, just give me the guy that's not Connor Cody. Please. I'd almost rather start nobody in that slot. I'd rather start somebody that's injured. Yeah. Oh, I agree because Connor Cody's good for the the odd odd own goal every now and then. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'd rather start a safety defender. (laughs) I'd rather take the two and a half points than the (laughs) minus three. Yeah. Um. Peter, is there anybody else on Everton that you would even consider streaming? Or I guess your streamers kind of are your starters in this matchup, or are there people that you want to avoid in this one? Would you give consider a punt for Ellis Sims? You know, he didn't. I, you know, I, I think he's quite young, and I actually did watch a little bit of their match last week, and I think he scored like four and a half. But no. I think once again, if I'm, this is early enough in the game week. It's got to be a nine o'clock kick on Saturday. There's a better option. So, mm-hmm. I mean, unless you have some sort of deep, heartfelt feelings for Ellis, Ellis Sims, and you saw something I didn't, then go for it. But I, there is a there is a better option that you can field at forward or midfield that early in the game week. Yeah. Apologies yeah. to his family if they're if they're listening to this. It's not. <laughs> they definitely are. They it's really seek this out. Yeah. He's just not it. And funny stat, actually, uh, Everton are the lowest uh, points per 90 uh, for forwards by a wide margin. Oh, they, yeah. I can imagine. They they average 5.44 points per 90. Uh, the next lowest would be Wolves at 7.88. Oh. And DCL is obviously their highest scoring points per ninety at five point six three. So, but their best forward is Damari Gray, who's a midfielder. Their their best 
Yeah. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. But <laughs> but their best forward in fan tracks is yeah. over two points below the second worst team. That so Wolves are. Although Wolves, they've kind of started to figure out how to score. However, on average, that is really bad that they're that far below Wolves. Yeah. yeah. Bench's um, got a got a job on his hands. A hundred percent. As far as Deich goes, uh, his teams are pretty well known for continuously swinging crosses and playing the long balls up the field. Uh, are the Leeds central defenders playable in this matchup? I don't want to. I, I, I don't want to answer that. I like it. <laughs> just dodging the question entirely. <laughs> next question. Like we'll see in the know. next matchup. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's ailing, really. It, ailing or nothing? Or would you, you just sign like a new a contract Herpo? today? I so. mean, he's technically their like right back. I'm talking yeah. like center backs here. You're you're thinking more along the lines of a, a Wober, Robin Cook, uh, yeah, Wober. Oh, 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 yeah, Wober, yeah. I think he's one Would to you watch, start him but in I'm this one? Start. I mean, Everton are brutal at scoring. Yeah. I, I heard a stat that they haven't had, like, a, they haven't had a not defender. So, inverse, you know, that's the midfielders and forwards. They haven't had a midfielder or forward score since they had Damari Gray score that absolute banger against City. And I think Oof. that was in December, if I'm not wrong. Wow. That's insane. It's but yeah, all, a lot of their all, 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 all what just all Tarkowski center backs own goals. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah. So I, right. I'm not looking at. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm Zach, not anybody else you want to talk about as far as this lead side goes? Nope. Peter. Nah, it's self-explanatory. Whether it's Sinistera Nyanto or uh, Somerville absolutely play them even yeah I, the, I love Somerville actually yeah yeah I agree all right so let's move on here to the team with the highest clean sheet odds this week sitting at 56 percent we've got Chelsea at home uh with Southampton coming to London Chelsea favored by 1.25 goals with an over under of two and a half um so I want to start here Peter, I know you mentioned him earlier in the episode. Are you in or out on Mudrick? He's had eight and a half total points in 145 minutes played. Well, I, I've i watched a, a lot of Chelsea since they signed all these players because it's just they have a, a pretty <laughs> fantastic and exciting squad. But, oh, I'm, I'm still so in. And I think actually now that you mentioned it, I think he's a trade low target. I think it'd be hard to pry him from anybody especially if they're aware of just how little service and how little inclusion he gets when having to play with Cucurella. Because mm-hmm. Cucurella is... And I've, I, I've got a close friend who's a Chelsea fan, and he's been texting me about it all week. So I'm hyper-aware of the situation. And, and But yeah, I mean, Cucurella just doesn't seem to be that interested in being the guy to progress the ball. He's always playing it safe, and he's always knocking it back to Batty Ashiel or 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 one of the midfielders. He just is not that progressive, and he's not not that bomber that he kind of was at Brighton with this team. So I'm still in on him because I think 
they will figure out that either a, that it's got to be Chillwell to really unlock Mudrick because Chillwell will he'll he'll join the attack. He'll open up space for Mudrick to run, and Chillwell likes he likes he he's a much more progressive offensive player than Cucurella, mm-hmm. and that's just it's it's just handcuffing Mudrick at the moment. But I'm I'm in, and if you can go get him for, I mean I for. I don't have anybody in mind, but if you feel comfortable giving up some assets, Bernardo for Silva. Him, I, yeah, Bernardo Silva, <laughs> I would do that. All roads lead back to. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was kind of long-winded, but yes, if Cucurella continues to play, then I sour on them. But I think they'll figure it out and get Chilwell in there to 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 kind of start the interchanges down that left wing. I'm in. Gotcha. Um, real quick, without really thinking about it. Which three Chelsea assets would you want to own rest of the season? I just talked a lot. Zach, I want to – you go first. I'm pondering. Okay. Kind of going against <laughs> Nate, the – I said don't think about it. Oh, okay. Don't think don't about think it? Don't think about then, it. Then, then Reese, Jao, Mudrik. Reese, Jao, Mudweke, I think. Oh, Mudweke. Huh. Okay. You think? Do you think Sterling doesn't get a shot at at getting a spot back once he's done being injured? I think he gets a shot, but he's been terrible so far. So it's going to be like one and done, probably. It's like Abemyang's probably never going to see the field again. So the only thing that tempts know. me about Modric is how much they paid for him. But scoring wise, he hasn't really done shit. He hasn't. I mean. He he definitely. I think all these guys we can kind of admit they pass the eye test. Mm-hmm. Um, but for like fantasy purposes, I mean, Madueke is gonna get way more dribbles. Um, he seems like he's maybe fitting in a little bit better. Uh, maybe maybe part of that is because he actually speaks the language. Uh, <laughs> who who knows? I don't I don't know why, but it. Again, not thinking. So there you go. So. Madueke is 41% owned, so he's available in most leagues. That's crazy. So before that we move wild. on to Southampton, I, j- I want to make a bold prediction. I know you just mentioned uh, Yang. I think by the end of the year, he's Chelsea's starting center forward. I love that hot take. That's steaming hot. Yeah, so I don't even know how to <laughs> respond to that. I uh, I don't know. I got a feeling because Havertz, is, you know, functionally in that role, he's lacking, and they spent a billion and a trillion of dollars, and they didn't buy another another forward when they have one. Who, I know he's thirty three, but still, he is premium when he when he feels like he's not being slighted by whatever club he's at. So I, it's just a, I was thinking about it today, and I feel like Havertz may lose that to to Aubameyang at some point uh, before the end of the season. So we'll see. There are what fourteen games left in the season. Yep. I'm gonna say he gets less than five starts. But if it's the last five starts, then I'm right. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> what are your outs? Well, well played. It may take that long, but that's yeah. Well played. He's been um, a long game. <laughs> let's uh let's jump over to Southampton here. Uh Zach, is there anybody from Southampton you have 
taken a liking to, something you see that you're uh, interested in, even though we know that Chelsea's clean sheet odds are relatively high, are you thinking about any of these Southampton assets? Uh, yeah, I actually like James Bree a lot. Um, yeah, I wish he was at home. That would give me a lot more confidence. But as like a defender three, I feel like he's got a really good floor uh, because he's he does it through ghosts, not through obviously preventing goals as really no one in Southampton does. Um, they're one of the lower ghosting or one of the lower scoring defending teams uh, mm-hmm. at, they? let me see, about 4.5 points per 90 uh, with Salisu, their highest one at five and a half. But James Bree hasn't played enough games for my, uh, to make my pretty table here. So I'd say that, you know, I, I think he shows some good promise to get forward, especially in a five back. Um, which should be more defensive. And Chelsea, as everybody knows, are not really um, kind of falling into goals the way that maybe Todd Bailey thought he would. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think he's a good start. And then Sulemana is okay, but I think Chelsea are really good defensively, so I'm I'm wary of him in any of those attacking options, namely Paul Onwachu or, um, I mean, you're starting. JWP, obviously, but yeah, everyone else, I'm out on really. Peter, do you have anything to add here? No, that was, I mean, that's perfect. I, I, I like both those guys too, because you know they're part of that new crop of players in January who could become relevant. Obviously, this game, it's it's a tough stomach to start either of them, but mm-hmm. if you're in a in a you know a lineup jam at this point in the week, you know they might be worth it maybe they you know maybe they don't get you 10 this week but they get you three or four or five but then you have them for for the next matchup so it's yeah it's tough might be tough but they're 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 definitely two to watch going forward since Southampton's uh, tangible assets are pretty thin yeah I'll add another one here um Carlos Alcarez uh, I've heard some talk about him seen a little bit nice of his clips he had a goal in his uh debut start for southampton last week so definitely uh keep an eye on him he seems to be a young uh attacking talent so he can create things so just someone to keep an eye on maybe stash him if you have the roster space um moving on we've got brighton hosting fulham brighton favored by 0.75 goals with an over under of 2.75 uh Peter, do we see the return of Evan Ferguson this game? I, I, I hope so. I thought he'd start last game, but they they went with Undab instead, and and I was kind of confused. Ferguson must not have just been ready to play ninety, maybe even not even sixty yet. But I think so. I hope so because I've he's one that I've held on to in a couple leagues when I've I've really wanted to to move him out for one of the new potential you know potential fireballs that have come in so Mm -hmm. i hope he's back i think he is and i hope my decision to hold him was right is he the new matoma (laughs) (laughs) i don't i i mean matoma is something something else something special i don't think he's i don't think his he's got upside but he doesn't have matoma upside fair enough it's just like Matoma blew up over a span of like two weeks. He had one good substitute appearance, started the next game, and then if you didn't have him on your team, you weren't going to get him on your team the rest of the season. Um, 
Zach, is there anyone else from this Brighton side that you're looking at here? Most of their top talents are pretty heavily rostered, so there aren't that many streaming options here, but is there anybody that kind of catches your eye? Yeah, it feels like on a weekly basis it's like Lamptey or nothing, um, mm-hmm. and I don't think I'd love to start him here, so, uh, you know. 2.75 goal over under. There's probably goals in this. Fulham are not a bad side. He might find it hard to get forward, even if he starts. So, not really. I think I'm just sticking to hoping Evan Ferguson ends up getting the start. He played 30-something minutes last game. So, I would mm-hmm. expect it, personally. I think so, too. Um, Fulham are kind of interesting. as They're almost in a similar boat as Nottingham Forest. Their away form um, just isn't that great. Uh, they've conceded 14 goals in 11 matches away from home, but they've had an XG of 19.6. So, or XGA, I'm sorry. Um, so their XGA expected goals against per game away from home is 1.78. So they're almost giving up like two goals well, goal scoring actions away from home. Um, are the defenders kind of off the table? I know we've hyped up uh, Robinson as of late. He's had a few good matches in a row, but are you comfortable playing any of those defenders? I'm not really comfortable starting Robinson here. I know he scored really well, actually, kind of took me out this week in one of my matchups. Um, I just don't think it's right. It, he scored so well recently, it, it's almost tough to bench him. Mm-hmm. But it's also Brighton. I mean, Brighton are really typically a good scoring team. And if Evan Ferguson's back, I have more faith in them to score. If he's not in the lineup, then I'd consider it. Depends how your defensive lineup looks like. But he's no more than like a defender three for me. Mm-hmm. Peter, how about you? Um, sorry. Who are you talking about again? We're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about the, the Fulham ball. defenders. Oh, the Fulham defenders. Honestly, when you were talking, I got you, you mentioned something, and it reminded me of uh, Purvis Estupinian, and I was thinking, man, what a good hold! I held him on all three of my teams, and he's just been great recently. He has been why. so good. I did not. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I oh, I know, because I, I was thinking of right backs, and I was thinking of Tete, and I was thinking, who's Brighton's right or? Uh, right back and i was like oh, that's actually gonna be a really good matchup is yeah but then estupinian and tete yeah but then my mind went to estupinian and i was just i was falling in love all over again <laughs> it was it was hard to hold for so long but man what a what a payoff but yeah. uh yeah full of wingbacks i don't particularly like anthony robinson even in a good matchup i know he scored well but he i i i prefer tete he's he takes some corners, and he's uh, he really he really kind of lives in the attacking half. And but yeah, Fulham are not in great form either right now, so not interested in anybody besides Tete. I'd still I'd still play Tete this week. Gotcha. Um, if you had to choose between either side's defensive midfielders, uh, you have to choose between Caicedo or Paulini to start in this match. Who are you starting, Peter? Oh, 
Caicedo easy. Yeah, Zach. he's able to get forward a little bit more, whereas Paulinho is just a tackle monster. Yeah, I would agree. I think both are midfield four or five option, but yeah, I would lean Caicedo as well. Um, let's move on here to Brentford, Crystal Palace. Um, Brentford hosts Crystal Palace. Brentford favored by half a goal with an over-under of 2.25. Um, as far as the lack of output we've seen from Palace, Zach, does it make Brentford defenders a decent streaming option this week? I think maybe. Um, I It just seems like the points are probably concentrated on a select few players with Pinnock and Ben Mee um, being mm-hmm. their top two scorers. Ben Mee's actually got 10.5 points per 90 right now um, with their defense averaging 6.5 six or so. They're the sixth best sixth best defense points per 90, uh, which isn't saying a whole lot given it's still pretty low. But, uh, you know, I could, I could be talked into – like a, a Rico Henry at left back, maybe. Is he healthy? Peter, do you think those uh, Brentford defenders are in play? Yeah, I think I think Zach's got it exactly right. It's uh, is this game on uh, Sunday? Is this a Sunday game? It's a Saturday game. It's just, it's still Saturday. You know, I'm almost yep. thinking of like your position in the game week and how many players you've had locked and like. I believe it's a where... 10 a.m. slate. Oh, it is. Oh, oh, wow. We're still on the. It's the last on, one of the, the 10 a.m. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, then at that point, like, I understand the Rico Henry shout, but once again, at that point, I still feel like there's enough games out there where you could find a better defensive option just because he doesn't, he doesn't score that well. And when he's in the attacking half, he doesn't, he doesn't seem real adept at it when he finds himself down the line. He, He's he's more keen on winning the ball back, and he doesn't seem super comfortable when he's got to th- when he's got to put a cross in. And mm-hmm. I just feel like if this was a Sunday game, I'd say yeah, he's probably a good shout. But since it's Saturday and it's you've got four other kickoffs to coincide with it, there's probably a better option. But me and Pinnock are you know are spot on for this game. Palace are weird and kind of dreadful. Yeah, speaking of Palace, they've been pretty pretty bad as yeah. of late. <laughs> uh, kind of understandable with Zaha out. Really takes away a lot of their output. Um, but, Zach, as far as Palace goes, I mean, you still start Elise week in and week out. Outside of anybody, like outside of Elise, is there anybody else that you would even consider rostering on this team? Oh, man, they're just like... They're just so unappealing in in every facet. It's so sad to see a player like Olise just become very bland, mm-hmm. being surrounded by such lack of talent. Um, I know they haven't had great injury luck, but even Eze looks off. Um, oh, man, it's only Olise for me now. That's all I feel comfortable playing because i just think they're i think they're one of the lowest scoring teams if i'm not mistaken uh yeah fifth worst in outfielder scoring at 6.5 points per 90 
They're in the 60th percentile. I mean, they're really not a team that I'm targeting in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can so, avoid, do do so, please. Eze is interesting. He's is he droppable? So I'm caught in that dilemma myself. Uh, I have him, and I was wondering if I could trade him out, but I don't think I'll get anything. Yeah, I, I mean, he's only played. 18 minutes and 16 minutes in his last two matches so and and that's I mean, a seems to be palace yeah he seems to be kind of out of favor right now maybe he's yeah. just not putting in the work that um Vieira wants him to so i think this team needs uh back because oh 100 he's he's a constant threat um he's tra- and he was training individually i believe yesterday so we could see him come back soon, but uh, until then, I really only want Olise. Fair enough. So, Eze or Bernardo Silva? Next. Question. We're just going to keep coming back. <laughs> that's, a, that's, <laughs> Neither. that's a really good one. But it's got to be Bernardo Silva because he's playing so much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would, okay, yeah, you just take the guy played, that's. Assume they both played like 75 minutes. Well,. With the current city I'd setup, Eze. I think Eze, yeah. Because his, his I'd job go Bernardo. is... You go Bernardo? <laughs> Just play devil's advocate. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Bernardo's job used to be what Eze's job is now, which is kind of receiving, exactly. turning, and being part of the offense. Now it's tracking defenders and being the little, you know, little ranger goblin there to just kind of stroll about the defense, win the ball back, and then when he wins it back... He's got no intentions to really join the attack. Yeah, but okay. Here, here's Devil's Advocate, and then we can move on because Bernardo Silva has garnered way too much time uh, within this podcast. He's just going to be the title of the podcast this week. Guardiola started the first sixty minutes with him at that inverted left winger back, whatever the hell you want to call that. Yeah. Uh, and he did not do great. I think we all know that. But mm-hmm. once he went into uh, once, once Guardiola kind of shifted the team into sport mode, uh, it seemed like he was able to get forward a little more. And he still played a full 90, and he got seven points. So I feel like I still have more confidence in the guy that's going to play 80 minutes in City accidentally doing something than as a having to kind of whip on whip out his sword and take out, like, 20 soldiers all on his own yeah all right yeah i think you convinced me that was that was that was a well-structured couple of sentences that was good all right enough about bernardo silva i'm done with him (laughs) uh i'm sure he'll be back but uh let's move on to probably the game of the week we've got newcastle hosting liverpool this is a pick'em uh over under set at 2.75 uh they really aren't streaming options for Newcastle. Um, Zach, are you still starting outside of Trippier? Are you still starting the Newcastle defenders against Liverpool? Yes. Yes. They'd be on more of a knife's edge if they were away. But I think we've we've noticed uh, throughout the season the Newcastle home support is off the charts. Mm-hmm. And I think that really fuels uh, a good defense. And, and uh, it, it's important to contextualize the opponent that Liverpool had last week. Uh, so yes. I'll let that one sink in. I think it speaks for itself. 
Yeah. Uh, Peter, are you confident in starting these defenders as well? Yeah, and I know that Liverpool looked better last week. Gakpo scored, so, you know, maybe confidence incoming. Nunez was a, a menace as always. But still, I mean, they're they're probably, if you have any of them, even Dan Byrne. Like, Dan Byrne is is, is hovering around Defender 1 territory. So I think you got to start him. And, you know, the confidence in a clean sheet would be low, but... It just you know you'll take you'll take your six points this week because you know you may only be rostering three defenders. I know I am in most cases. Remember that Bruno Gimmerish is out for this one. So does that hinder the defense at all? Well, obviously it does. Yeah, I was just gonna say that's that would be my biggest concern. To warrant benching the likes of Shar, Burn, or Botman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. If Bruno continues to be out for a long period of time, we'll we'll be able to get a really good sample of what the defense looks like without him. But um, Newcastle are averaging 11.7 points per 90. Next closest, uh, this is for defenders, by the way, next closest for defenders is 8.22 with uh, Liverpool, actually. So if they're going to be over three points clear of the next team in points per 90... Fine. Let's assume they get scored on once. They're still doing better than That's the fair. next best team. Yep. So do we think Liverpool are going to bang four past Newcastle, who have, I don't even when's the last time they've gotten more than like one goal scored on them? Probably a long time ago. Has been a while. Yeah, so. Um, as far as the rest of the Newcastle side goes. I mean, all of their attackers are probably already rostered in your league. They're all 85% or higher. Um, So you guys are still comfortable starting any one of those attacking assets in ESOC, ASM, uh, Miggy Elmeron, Calm Wilson, any one of those guys? Yeah. Yeah. As you know, I'm not super keen on Almiron and I made that clear a while ago <laughs> and now that the <laughs> his 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 run of form and you know the juice seems to have depleted a little bit so I was I was close to calling that right obviously he's he'll he probably has another good run of form in him but I uh if you own him you you know you pr- you probably like him quite a bit because he's been quite good so you run him out but i'm i'm i've always loved asm it's more of a it's more of a heart than a head thing for me but i you know he started last game and i think he played like 83 minutes which is rare for him coming back from a uh an injury so that that mm-hmm. yep, that bodes well for him playing more minutes than you know 60 or 70 or you know he's an injury worry but yeah i like uh i really like isak this week he's he's one because i think in zach you'll have to confirm this but his first game for liverpool or for uh newcastle was against liverpool at anfield and he had the goal in the one one draw right isak isak yeah zach mm. is that correct sorry i was checking um no, you got it all wrong. Liverpool oh, lost okay. that game. 
Liverpool lost. Oh that yeah, game. that's right. <laughs> Newcastle scored in like the ninety third yeah. minute. Right. The... But Isak had the goal, right? He did have one goal. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so I was partly right. Yeah. But I think yeah, you. I think Isak's a forward one this week. Yeah. So how far um, are you away from Tottenham here? Just trying to figure <laughs> out. <laughs> so. Um, Speaking of ASM's injuries, as our resident Liverpool expert, and you have a plethora of players coming back from injury. You've got Virgil van Dijk, uh, Jota, Firmino, all back, relatively fit, probably going to see some game time here. Uh, Are there rotation concerns for this Liverpool side as far as the owners of uh, Nunes, Gakpo, Hell, even Sala. Uh, I mean, they all had a goal contribution, so I'd say that against Everton. Hey, you know, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> We're starting at at step one. Yeah. Um, but now we've gotten we skipped step two. Someone that say that would together. step eighteen. We're, we're yeah, we're at we're at step twenty right now, <laughs> um, and their rotation concerns for sure. But I think it's more so less to start or less the starting lineup and more the who comes off early deal because mm-hmm. we saw I believe it was Nunez made way for Jota in that game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you you'd think that would be also the first guy off in this game, but. Uh, we we shall see. I think Virgil Van Dyke gets the start here, but we don't know if it's going to be Matip or Joe Gomez. It's kind of a pick and poison kind of scenario for Jurgen Klopp. But I'm not starting uh, whoever pairs with him. I am starting every other defender though. Then uh, whoever pairs with Virgil Van Dyke at center back. Um, Stefan Bacetich is he someone to pick up? because it looks like he either gets one point or a double-digit haul. Um, kind of a boomer bust type player. Um, is that somebody you want as your, I don't know, midfielder four? Well, I mean, in short, yes. Um, I was actually talking to somebody in uh, the, I believe it's the Draft Society Discord, and they were deciding between Sims and Bacetic for their matchup last week. And I suggested Bacetic mm. uh, just because I had more faith in him playing a full 90. And because I looked at the other two guys next to him, and it was Fabinho and Henderson. Mm-hmm. So Bacetic, I believe, is more of a natural 8 uh, that can also play 6. And... I think that of of the three of them, he has probably the most, you know, the highest ability to run the whole pitch. So that means he's going to be the one getting forward. And it ended up happening that way because he got, what, 17, almost 18 points, thankfully. So I think it's going to matter a little bit on the context. If you see him without Fabinho and he's like the holding mid, I'm kind of less so in on him. But if contextually that midfield looks like he could get forward more, uh, I I am gonna start him most weeks. Fair enough. Uh, 
let's move on here to the Sunday matchups. I know uh, Peter has to leave us here in a few minutes, so we'll try to get maybe one of these matchups in real quick. Um, Manchester United host Leicester. United favored by a goal with an over-under of three. Uh, Peter, as far as United goes, is there anyone that's available to be streamed that you're looking at for this matchup, i.e. maybe a Harry Maguire, uh, Fred, Sabitzer may be available in your league. Are you looking at picking up any one of those guys? Yeah, I mean, I I made it a point before we started today to, I don't know, how, why but i wanted to check sabitzer's ownership and it's uh, it's at 60 so you know it's possible um mm-hmm. you know it's 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 not a great if if he's there man i grab him he's he's uh he's he's been very publicly open about not being happy at munich and really liking life at united so you know your mentality's got a lot to do with it. If he's really enjoying it and he's, you know, starting multiple games in a row, you you start to develop a rhythm. I mean, you know, you kind of feel yourself, and uh, that's, you know, sometimes more important than uh, than training or setup or or anything is your, is your head. And so, you know, that that was just something that kind of stuck with me today. So I would stream him if uh, if he's starting, which I think he he's projected to and should should start so it's a decent option Mm -hmm. if he's not already owned for sure yeah um when casemiro comes back into the side who do you think keeps their place fred or sabitzer i think it's i think it's sabitzer right because he's not he doesn't have the passing range as erickson but he's he's in the same genre of type of midfielder He's a little more box to box, you know. He's uh, he's he's a little more adept on the defensive end, but uh, he's still like when he was with Leipzig, and you know he was their main guy. He was everywhere, and he was always involved in um, in the attack and the build up. He put in a lot of crosses. I know he the sample size with Munich was a lot smaller, but um, for for Leipzig, he was he was prime there, and mm-hmm. that's obviously why he got his move. So I really like him. And uh, as he's shown early on, he's got a really decent floor. Uh, Zach, Leicester have found their dude, right? Iheanacho is the guy up front now, correct? I was wondering who you were going to say is your dude because kind of got three dudes um, Yeah, between them. But, yeah, I think so. Uh, you'd love to see Braj finally change stuff up i do think he is i think he's a good manager but um he is the kind of guy where if he changes something and it works he's definitely gonna go back to it so i was glad to see him you know Braj doing Braj things and i did continue to start ihe and nacho um against kind of my instincts of wanting to bench him against tottenham mm-hmm. and it worked out for the better and he actually had one um goal or one assist, I believe, that was disallowed. That was yeah. pretty pretty damn close. So could have even been a bigger day for him. Could have put mm-hmm. up another uh, goal, and, goal and two assist line. So All right, we're done. I don't want to talk I, about it. I don't know if you can bench him at this point for any matchup if he's going to uh-uh. continue to play because he went 66 minutes the week before that, 76 minutes last week. By all trends, I mean, we're looking at 86 minutes of Vie Nacho, so... That's fair enough. Yeah. 
Um, Speaking of this Lester side, the streaming options available mostly come in defense, correct? You're looking at possibly, even in this matchup, streaming the likes of Christensen or Harry Sutar? Yeah, I really like Christensen as a player. Yeah, agreed. He's... He's like I think everything you want in a wing back. I think Broad really undersold him when he came in, saying he'd need more time to kind of vet into the process. Mm-hmm. He's in. He he's been better than any wing back they've had since James Justin was in prime James Justin form. Um, although Castagna is obviously serviceable on the other side. Yeah. But so, that brings up a good point. It, it's what I'll leave you guys with, and that's the Ricardo Pereira question. I thought he was like 34, but apparently he's 29, so he still is kind of young. <laughs> His body is 34. His body's 74. Every time he comes back, you look at him on the wire and you're like, oh, could I, could I get him? <laughs> yeah. And he's like what he was back in like 18, 19, 20. But he's he's close to being back. or I actually think he is back. So, And Castagne's kind of carved that spot out for him, but, you know. I'm just throwing it out there. I'll let you guys discuss <laughs> Pereira, but he's, he's he's obviously got that shine to him that, oh, man, could this be the time where he goes on another just absolute heater and, you know, rips off 11, 20, 17, 9, 24. Like, oh, I was looking back at his score lines, uh, you know, from a few years ago, and it was just a – man, he was a beauty. So yeah. keep him in mind, guys. I got to go play some footy myself. Sorry, I couldn't stick around, but uh, I'll let you give the give the people my uh, my starts of the week, and um, we'll we'll see you guys next week. All righty, good luck out there. Keep those ankles taped. I will. Thanks. Cheers, guys. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, as far as Pereira goes, I think it's going to take time for him to get back to game form. I don't really see him jumping back into the squad. He may get. I don't know, 10-minute run out here or there, depending on where Lester are at in a matchup. Um, but I'll let you take that one. He's coming back from an Achilles injury. So uh, personally, I avoid anyone that has an Achilles tendon injury for at least the rest of the season because mm-hmm. they typically take at least a season to kind of um, get their springiness back, and he is a player like that. I believe that has that at least one one day had that, and uh, we'll see if at 28 he can still get that back. Um, but this season I'm writing him off. I'm not considering starting him, and I don't think Brodge uh, uh, is going to bench Christensen for Ricardo. He might you know, give Ricardo a nice 10-minute cameo here, but I think yeah. I'm actually more – I would be more concerned as a Castagna owner that Ricardo would take that spot. Not that he's good enough to do it, but just that I think given this, the you know the status of the two wingbacks at this point in time, um, that looks to be the more open position for him to just rotate in maybe every couple of games. He could, I think he could just be a cup guy the rest of the season, honestly, where he's irrelevant for our sake. Yeah, that's actually not a bad shout. Um, I think he, if he does play, it probably will be more cup matches than anything. Um, Let's uh, wrap this thing up with the matches here. Uh, we've got the Battle of the Hams. Yeah. Tottenham <laughs> hosting West Ham. Tottenham favored by half a goal uh, with an over-under of two and a half. Uh, 
I don't even want to talk about this Tottenham side. I'll uh, I'll let you talk about this Tottenham side just because I'm kind of fed up with them right now. So give me your take on Tottenham. What, what do you see here? My take is it's the optics don't look good, but I don't think they're maybe as bad as you and Peter would have it be. And if they're going to do something, it would be against West Ham. And I think all, all things will be okay. I know that Conte is actually going to be out for this game as manager so i don't know who their secondary manager would be but um i i see them bouncing back like i really would love to start poro in this matchup so don't be soured by a negative performance mm-hmm. a guy like davies also i'm, I'm starting here uh, because also keep in mind for west ham we've got uh, paqueta out with a shoulder injury the same shoulder that he hurt before so that kind of thing can linger uh, a long time and even if he plays is probably not going to be quite the same you know maestro in the midfield so uh skamaka also questionable speaking of ben davies real quick i was looking through last week's scores for most teams while we were getting ready for this and he had 11.75 points with four goals against he's sneaky not bad i mean that is an incredible stat line Tottenham are seventh in in defensive team scoring, and he is their top points per ninety player uh, to this day. So keep that in mind. I've seen him on waivers in some hmm. leagues. He's not. He, he's a great streaming option this week. Yeah, that might not be a bad. Might not be a bad pickup here. Um. As far as Perisic goes, is he someone that might be teetering on the edge of like a drop and or not a drop, but mostly like a trade out candidate? Well, since I'm the one wondering this question, I am going to rebound that one. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, I would say he is someone you kind of have to stick with. And the only reason I say that is because he's a midfielder um, and is classified as such on fan tracks. Um, so the goals against don't hurt him as much. And he can consistently, even if he is your like midfielder four, which he's probably your mid two, which kind of sucks. Um He's constantly going to be around the eight-point range, but he has the upside of scoring 20-plus points. So I think you just have to stay with him. Um, There really aren't that many better upside players in that type of role because he will take set pieces occasionally. He is a goal threat can chip in with uh, assists here and there. He's just in a pretty torrid run of form. Yeah, I mean... Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it's not a fun one. No, it's not. I, I think I'd drop, personally. Oof. That's fair. Uh, jumping over to West Ham real quick before we get to our starts of the week. I know you said Paqueta's out uh, with that shoulder injury. It uh, looks like Skamaka's questionable as well. 
is there anyone that you're looking to stream in this West Ham side uh, going up against Tottenham? Maybe like a Suchek? Yeah, Suchek's going to take the spot for him. So we could see Suchek uh, kind of in the same light that we were talking about Bacetic earlier, how he was able to get forward and kind of make more uh, of himself, even though he probably plays as a similar player to Suchek, where he's like an eight um, who can get forward but isn't great. Um, mm-hmm. I think we could see Suchek score better in this matchup against Tottenham. So, uh, And we know Tottenham love to attack through the wings, so there should be more space in the middle of the field for Suchek to kind of roam and get forward. So I actually don't hate starting him this week uh, like I normally would, and he'll probably go yeah. to full 90. Uh, but players I'm avoiding, or player I'm avoiding, is Emerson. Uh, so the last couple weeks he scored 15, 9, and 16 in you know roughly 90 minutes per game. Uh, one of those he got a goal uh, and clean sheet in the other, and I just, I just think he's fool's gold. Uh, he's obviously, I think he's a talented player, but I'm just not quite sold on him yet. And the teams he played were Chelsea, Newcastle, Everton, who frankly don't score many goals, right? Tottenham mm-hmm. gave up only two goals over that time span. So, or not Tottenham, the teams that uh, West Ham were playing only put two away against them. So I think yeah. Tottenham's going to have much more of an ability to score on West Ham than those previous three teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really not looking at Emerson. The, cl- the clean sheet odds are low. Uh, it's a last you know match up so what if he doesn't even start it's just a trap all over it don't pick him up i know he's getting picked up in some leagues but i'm not interested in any way uh yeah at least for this matchup Uh, maybe in the future we'll see gotcha i like that shout i think i'm in the same mindset as you there Uh, especially with him going up against pedro poro um on the defensive side of that poro is kind of weak emerson might be able to get forward but we really haven't seen the attacking output that poro has available so uh hopefully it's pretty good let's uh let's wrap this up with our starts of the week we'll uh keep this brief i know it's been a little bit of a longer episode for us but um i'll quickly go through peter's uh his defender of the week is craig dawson he mentioned for wolves he kind of likes his turnaround um and for a midfielder, Somerville for Leeds, uh, still playing well. He re- seems to be at the forefront of the attack for Leeds, and good things go through him. And then he's got Alexander Isak as his forward, so hopefully he can get back amongst the goals for Newcastle. Um, Zach, you want to go through yours? Yeah, so we were just talking about him. Pedro Poro uh, from Tottenham I think is going to really return to... Uh, maybe what he was uh, previously at Sporting. I think he's going to be able to get forward against West Ham. Uh, and I know he didn't look great in that first first game of his, but I know most players coming into the Premier League with the added physicality aren't going to look great. Uh, mm-hmm. But like I said, good for him that he doesn't have to play um, against such a great squad against West Ham. So I think he'll improve. Uh, midfielder, I've got Hamid Traore. I think I may have stolen it from you, potentially, <laughs> uh, against Wolves. He played full 90, took lots of set pieces. So it's everything you really want to see out of a midfielder. And I try to focus these guys on either uh, players out of form p- that the community might be soured on 
or players you can potentially pick up mm-hmm. uh, and try and beat that curve just a little bit. Something that's more actionable. Um, so that's why I try Ore Poro. And Evan Ferguson is going to be my attacker. Uh, so I think he's going to come back from injury in this game and put forward probably 75 to 80 minutes against a Fulham team that I think is very overrated defensively. I see him returning to form, maybe bagging a goal uh, or an assist here. And, uh, yeah, I, I really like him. I think he's talented. Fair enough. I like all of those. Um, my defender is someone that the I would say the majority of the community has taken a liking to recently is Luke Ayling. Uh, he's ghosting well, so even when leads do get scored on, um, he can still put up seven to ten points even with goals conceded. So definitely someone that uh, gets forward, gets a few shots on goal. Um, so if he is lucky enough to put one in the net, you've got yourself a solid defender there for the week. Um, midfielder kind of just took a shot in the dark. <laughs> I really didn't know where to go with this one this week. So I have Carlos Alcaraz just because there has been uh, a decent amount of talk. Uh, he's gotten a little bit of hype coming in. He's young talent, so interested to see what he can do for Southampton, maybe get a spark against Chelsea. Uh, and then I hate myself for even saying this one as an attacker because I've ripped him so much over the last few months. But Crystal Palace are in such bad form that I have to believe that Brian Mbwemu is going to do something good um, because he I mean, he should have Tony playing with him, even though Tony did get taken off uh, in like the 94th minute with an aggravation. So uh, we'll see. If Brian Mbwemo becomes the main man, I'm a little bit more worried about that. But as long as he's got Tony there, uh, I think good things can happen. I like uh, that show. But with that being said, that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Uh, I appreciate everybody listening in, um, and I appreciate everybody sending in those survey answers. Uh, we, we've learned a lot on what you guys had to say. Uh, we will take it to heart and do what we can to make this something. Everybody enjoys week in and week out, um, but it'll be uh, kind of a work in progress. Zach, you want to sign us off? Yeah, thanks everyone again. Like Nate said, for filling that out, we're gonna try and incorporate that over the next few weeks as we as we continue developing um, as a team. Uh, we're obviously not uh, podcast aficionados, but we do our <laughs> damnedest to give you the content that you need each week to prepare. Uh, the target is is if this is the only thing you listen to for the week, you'd at least feel pretty ready with your lineup. Uh, and it is really the culmination of all of our research for the week, which we will hope to maybe have in written form, abbreviated in some way in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, little teaser. Uh, but yeah, no, we really love doing this every week and uh, bringing you guys this content. No matter how few of you there may be, uh, we are there for you. Um, so yeah, hit us up on the socials, uh, get involved. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. DM us. Um, and we would be more than happy to respond and get involved in whatever silly debates you may have. Yes, sir. I uh, probably get at least one to two DMs a week about roster construction questions, and I love it. Um, I love being able to provide any insight I can. Whether it works out for you or not, uh, I do my best. <laughs> yeah. But uh, definitely keep those questions coming, guys. We're, we're always here to help. So 
Uh, With that being said, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you next week. Peace. Cheers.